Hello, wrestling fans. Quint Charisma here. Hey, that's me. Today I'm with Jeremiah Plunkett. Yo again, everybody. Jeremiah Plunkett and Quint Charisma. And by golly, once again, we are smack dab along ringside and ready to go with another big week of the Territorial Wrestling Review podcast. And Quentin, I'm going to bring this down a little bit. I think you and I might have some heat. Uh, <laughs> oh, what's new? I'm getting heat with everybody. Why do I put you on the list, too? <laughs> so... Into today was that we were going to watch uh, a match and some segments. Uh, count them nine segments. <laughs> um, one of them, one of them is a four-hour video in which Quentin gave me timestamps <laughs> to go through. And, and at first, that bothered me. At first, that bothered me a little bit. I was like, "What the heck?" But at the end of the day, I know that it's just going to turn around and bite him in the butt because when we share this and post this, he has to post all the links, all the different videos, and he has to put the timestamp so people know what we're talking about. So the rib's on you, Quentin. Oh, piss. I didn't think about that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) Well, you know, leave it up to me to just... uh, kill the thing the second week of doing it. <laughs> oh, you didn't kill it. We've got plenty to talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I didn't watch 27 things. A little bit of last minute on, hey, here's all this stuff to watch, by the way. That's a little different. Yeah, it was my fault. I didn't. Oh, you're all, you're all good. You also didn't realize that the match we were covering, which let's, let's say that, uh, Dirty White Boy uh, versus Tom Pritchard in a street fight, uh, you know, it had a lot of build-up to it. With this, uh, this went on, what, about a year? It went a long time. Um, well, yeah, but it, it, it did. Um, it was kind of, I don't, it did, but it didn't. I don't know I had to really explain it, because I really don't know, because the, uh, I guess from where actually the start and to the end, yeah, it was at least, oh gosh, 10 months, 11 months maybe, 11 months, uh, but it wasn't non-stop, it was a lot of um, stops and go, and you know, just because the different bookers and stuff, and, and just the chaos that the the promotion was in at that time, um, and, which I figured at 88... Um, there'd be all kinds of footage for for uh, Continental. I was wrong. That was like one of the least years I could find of actually footage available out there um, on YouTube. That is, I'm sure there might be somebody probably has more of it out there that sells it. But actually, a bit on YouTube, it, there it's not. So, um, and, and if you do happen to have this, and uh, you are in the business of, you know sending out DVDs. If you'd like us to review your quality and put you over on the podcast, feel free to send us the DVDs. We will watch them. Yeah. Hey, that's good, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Quentin is a former tape trading guy, OG, I guess, from back in the day, so he will definitely rate your quality. Oh, yeah. I, I'm a stickler on quality. Yeah, I, I've always been real big about the quality of, of the 
not of the material, but of of the of the video content, of the actual video of it, not the actual wrestling. <laughs> um, so when I picked this other night, I last week I was kind of, I just I was wanting to save it to I could do more, find out about it, but I was I got all tied up last week and. So I just threw it out there because that's the only one I had on top of my head that I really knew that I had was that on YouTube to find. Um, but yeah, so basically the street fight, from what I could heard and everything, it was the best match uh, on tape of the whole feud of um, Dirty White Boy and, and Tom Pritchard, um, which. Um, a lot of people say it was the feud of '88. Um, I can't say if it was or not because, like I said, there's a lot that that we didn't see that it's not out there. And you, and a lot of the, you know, the house shows you got you know, there's no telling how it's usually you, you know that's when your that's your best matches are on your house shows. And because um, uh, I know the uh, the early feud of an '88 of Lawler and Gilbert and Memphis was pretty good. And then, I gotta say, even then the end of uh, middle of summer on, uh, all through the rest of 88 of Robert Fuller and Jeff Jarrett, I, I saw a lot of that. So that, uh, TV and uh, house shows in, at the fairgrounds in Nashville. So I consider that was really, you know, great feud in 88. So, um, I don't know, but they, so this was, at the time they said this was the best one. So that's why I took the, um, you know, picked that street fight. Um, so basically what we're going to do is we're kind of going to backtrack a little bit and basically go back to, I think it's October of 87. Yes, October 87. Um, at the time, Tom Pritchard, he had just, uh, he hadn't been babyface that long. Um, he had pretty much been a heel the whole time he had, he had been there in 86. I think he got there toward the end of 86, early 87, I do believe. He'd always been a heel. Um, and he had, they just turned him babyface, I want to say maybe around the summer, maybe, end of summer. He was part of the Wild Bunch with, uh, I'm pretty sure that's what they were called, with Jonathan Boyd and Mike Golden. Uh, so he was feuding with Jonathan Boyd at the time. Um, and Dirty White Boy was feuding with, uh, the Bullet, Bob Armstrong under the hood, it's the Bullet. Um, so they were actually in two different feuds when this feud, uh, started. Um, so it's kind of, so we had to go back, you know, quite a ways to kind of, you know, see how it started, um. Because it kind of started out of nowhere, like I said, because they were still in the middle of the these two feuds with two different people, and there was a match, and and also um, Pritchard, he he had been the junior champion for the promotion, but he was never in the heavyweight uh, division, from what I can remember. He always was, because um, back then your juniors were, you know, under two thirty five, or whatever it was, two thirty, whatever it was. So. Um, they had the the junior champion on, belt on him for a while, and uh, so I guess they figured they're going to. Um, I don't know who the Booker was. 
This is before Gilbert got there, so I don't know if Armstrong, I think Armstrong might have still been the booker at the time. Uh, I can't remember. So we get a match. Um, it's for the Alabama title. Well, first we get promo. Oh yeah, I was just gonna lead it up into the up into it. Okay. Kind of set the okay. So there there's a match um, with um, Tom Pritchard going against the Alabama champion at the time, the Dirty White Boy. Um, so the footage we get is from. It starts off with the interview. It's um, the um, it's the TV show with Gordon Sully's the the host. He's interviewing Bullet Bob. Bullet, I won't say Bullet Bob. Actually, it's just the Bullet, uh, the Bullet and Pritchard, and Pritchard's got has the title and they're talking about it and everything. And then they got a clip, so they throw it to the clip, and basically it shows the finish. That's all this clip shows, really. Um, not much of the match. So um, I wish we had the whole match because I'm sure it was really good. Um, I'm trying to think where. It, Let's see, because they start, they fidget to it. Um, basically, it shows a bullet going after a dirty white girl, which at the time, this is actually before she was known as the dirty white girl. She was known as uh, Mystic. So, um, I forgot that she was not called the dirty white girl at first. But I will, I'm going to reference her as the dirty white girl all through this, because I've never called her Mystic. So. <laughs> So when I say Dirty White Girl, that's who it is. It's, her name's Mystic, or you know, or if you watch it and they said Mystic, and you wonder who that is, that's who it is. So, um, so I'm just gonna refer to as the Dirty White Girl. Um, Bullet goes after her. Um, Dirty White Boy grabs Bullet. Bullet punches him. Dirty White Boy, he stumbled back into Pritchard, right? I don't know if he actually stumbled back or Pritchard just grabbed him right after he got hit. Okay. But he got straight, and it went straight into an O'Connor roll-up. Okay. Um, but Bullet did hit, did hit him, though, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, I have to make sure that he, that he did hit him. He stumbled into the... That's what, it ain't that crazy. Last week, we talked about what? <laughs> the, the, Pat O'Connor roll-up. Yeah, because that's what we were watching. And look, look at here, the first thing on this, we get Pat O'Connor roll <laughs> And um, and so he hits a powder from rock, and you notice he had two hands of tights. Pritchard did, yes. Because see, he still he just he, like I said he hadn't been bayface long at all, so he still got that edge of hillness to him, which made him made him I think why people liked him, because uh, he still had that you know, little edge of a heel. So yeah, he grabbed both hands and one two three, you know he got the belt, uh, he got the win, um. And then um, Dirty White Boy grab, hits, grabs the belt, hits him with it, starts beating on him. Bullet comes in for the save. He bumps the Dirty White Boy. Um, and then the Dirty White Boy hits the bullet. Uh, he grabs her. Then, let's see. My writing's horrible. <laughs> I'm saying, man, I'm so tired. Oh. So he grabbed the Dirty White Boy. See, he grabs, he grabs her. Bullet grabs her. Dirty White Boy saves her. And, but he gets back on the bullet, right? He starts hitting him with that cat of nine tails. He hits a bullet with it, right? Yeah, but some, somehow, and somewhere in all the chaos, Bullet exits the ring and they get back on Tom. Yeah, I was wondering what, what I was wondering what, where he, where'd he go? 
guess they tossed him out or dumped him or something. Okay, he, as um, I was looking, I noticed some on this stuff. The camera work got kind of looked on the uh, you missed stuff. Seemed like a lot through the, these matches. It seemed like there was some stuff missed a lot because the camera was on something else. And yeah, I don't know where he went. And uh, uh, then out comes Jonathan Boyd. Oh yeah, the good, the good doctor turns it around until Jonathan Boyd comes out, and then numbers game again, and they really beat the tar out of Pritchard. Yeah, and then Bullet comes back. It comes back over the chair. So I guess he must have got thrown out. Uh, I guess that's what because I, I don't know what he wasn't there. So I'm, I'm, he was there, and then he wasn't. So I'm thinking he must have got tossed out. That's what I'm assuming. They they just didn't show it, you know. two things about this initial match footage we get um one get used to this finish because Continental <laughs> liked this and similar finishes um and number two I love the presentation of Continental the blue ring mat with the what is it, the white stars and CCW yeah it's come it's peeling off <laughs> yeah well I mean whatever they're doing more Oh yeah, yeah. All when that when that mat was new and Fuller had it, it looked nice, dude. Oh, it and, was... it, and it's got the you know Continental Championship Wrestling uh, ring banners with Coke on the side because they were sponsored. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love that look, and it, it's cool that they film TV in an arena. You know, it's a half-empty arena, whatever. But it's still cool. It seems bigger than a studio. Yeah, that was Fuller's thing when he went to Continental. You know, he changed it from South Asian to Continental. From what I've read up on it, you know, it was he was that was his thing to take it out of the studio because New York was, you know, all their stuff was big arenas, and uh, so he he took the TV to the Boutwell in Birmingham uh, on Monday nights, and they did their filming. Uh, in the big that big Batwall Auditorium downtown down down downtown Birmingham, so it um, it was a big change because they were shooting their TV what at Tio Studio and I think Dothan uh, when he went but by this time in '88 I think they were they were doing TV I think they were filming some in Dothan and I think but the more the majority of it was still taped in Birmingham at the Batwell. But I think they did tape some in '88, a little bit, uh, in Dothan at the built, not the Dothan TV show, but the Dothan uh, uh, building that was the Farm Rec Center or wherever they ran their house show there. Um, so, so it was a, yeah, that, that was his that was his thing. And when uh, David Woods bought it, they kept it, you know, like that. Um, so yeah, he had the big arena feel. Uh, like I say, even though it wasn't, you know. Um, um, full, but you still, you know, it had it, it had it was better than that because that was the whole thing when he went to Con, he changed from South Asia to Continental. He, you know, he didn't want to make it look um, regional. He wanted it to look, you know, nationwide. You know, because you know, big arena, not just your you know regional local TV studio wrestling. You know, which is kind of odd. You know, him being so old school that he actually was one of the first to go doing that. You know. 
But the thing is, yeah, the Fullers, all of them, have always had a mind for business. Yeah. They can see where the business is going. That's true. That is true. You know, so, I mean, of course, he's going to look at the the number one guy and go, hey, this works for him. Yeah. That's true. And he's very smart, too, because he sold out when his houses were starting to go down. <laughs> he, yeah. sold, he sold out <laughs> to wood. So, yeah, he was... He knew what he was doing. <laughs> um, and also a, a third thing that I, I didn't think of until right now. Those rings are really loud. Yes. I, I don't know if they're mic'd. That mic ring had to be mic'd. Mic'd, or I, I've heard I, I've heard this is an old Southern thing, so it could definitely be a fuller trick that you can put sheet metal under the plywood. That could be, too. Because I'm sure these were probably plywood rings. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely plywood. And they're 20 by 20s. That's a big ring. Um, I bet it was, because you think about it, uh, it probably wasn't my, because that building echoes. It's an old building. It's an old, you know, just a big shell building that it would echo like crazy on it. So it it, it probably, if it was mic, it was just one little, little mic. With the with the sound, you know, making it louder than it was. That's what I'm thinking. Cause you know, um, uh, what was it? I think world class, not world class, but when uh, um, oh crap, um, global was mic. They mic the ring, and and you could hear them. Sometimes you could hear the mic. You could hear stuff being called in the ring because they're they mic the they mic the you know because that old ring down in texas didn't make that one the sportatorium that ring they used it was like a deck so it had no noise and uh so they mic'd it trying to make it loud as it could for global and you could hear you, you could you know if you really listen they said a lot of the matches you could hear they a lot of them they got it you know they um uh, could get it out but some of them you could hear Stuff playing as days the match is being called, but um, yeah, that that it just echoed in that big old building. Just it's a stomp, you know, it's like a gunshot going off, you know. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, it 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 sounded great. Um, definitely sounded good in that because you think about it, they had to have something. Uh, because you think you you listen, you watch the um. Take the uh, Coliseum. It's a big, just a big, big, uh, just a big old building, right? Um, so the ring was loud, but not nothing like it was on this thing, you know? Yeah. So you, they had to have a they they might have had one mic with like you're saying they put the stuff up underneath the, the plywood because man, it when they bumped, it sounded like you know, especially when. <laughs> Anthony's taking them big backdrops, man. It sounded like a bomb going off in there, you know. And that was just on TV. Can you imagine what it sounded like sitting there beside it on the front row? You probably call a spot, no problem at all, but I'm hearing you, you know. <laughs> but yeah, they had a good setup for, you know, it. Um, and I liked how they had the uh, stage. You know, usually, the, you know, you'd have just a little bit. They had that big old backdrop and everything. Which we get to see later on. 
so yeah, they have they they're so like I said that was all from Fuller, and like I said when when Woods bought it, he kept the whole setup the same. I don't know how long he kept it, but I, but at this time he still had the whole he still had the whole thing of the whole setup from uh, from Fuller having it. Um, let's see, where did I leave off at? Uh, okay, he makes it. Bullet makes a save with the chair. Um, oh, we long finished that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we were done with the mask part. Okay. Um, and then we went back to the interview. Okay, we went back to the interview. Uh, basically, uh, Pritchard says that um, their white boy is going to have to get in line before he gets his return match. Um, that's basically all I got from it. And that match was held... The, we just, the, the, the title switch was uh, October 26, 1987, Birmingham, Alabama. So, that's, so it was the end of October. So, yeah, that, so basically this feud went over a year. But like I said, it wasn't straight through, you know. It was up and down and stuff. But basically from start to finish, uh, it went about a year. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, all right. So that was the first little segment. Uh, so then we go to a match. It's um, it's the return match for the Alabama title. It's uh, Tom Pritchard champion against the Dirty White Boy. Um, I guess was this from Birmingham? Um, I, I didn't catch them saying. Uh, most likely, I'd assume. You know, it, the, the quality was so different on every one of these matches, video quality. Um, it's kind of hard because the, the quality of, the, of the, the, the interview and clip was really, wasn't bad at all. And then went to this match, the, and the quality went down a lot. Video quality did. So I'm assuming it was. Um, they start off with some pushing, and then... Pitcher slaps the crap out of White Boy. Um, man, he that he takes that big man for a big guy. He takes a big old backdrop. Oh yeah, but I he did like in every match. And he took one because um, he was a good what two seventy. Oh yeah, had to be at least. Um, yeah, he takes a big old backdrop. Um, they do a little, um, little shine. Uh, white boy powders out. Um, then they do a little. I don't. They did this a square little square box interview during the match. Did you care for that or not? It was a very small square box, so because like when WWF, WWF obviously did it, and that's probably where they got the idea. But like this box was tiny. Yeah, you tell the technology the difference, even from New York in, in '88 into and there's in '88. You could tell that it was a uh, even though David Woods owned a TV station and everything, you could tell there was a big difference in the qual the quality production of what they were using, you know? Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, because it was tiny. And actually, it was smaller than the than the, the box that uh, Memphis used for that horrible 
uh, Carl Stiles interview during the match. It was actually smaller than that, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, definitely, without yeah. a doubt. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, yeah, it's so small, and it's like, it's one of those, I, I think I would have left that out. I, I think I would even even did it, you know? Oh, at least I probably would as well. Or, uh, I, I'm a fan of the interview going to the ring. So, like, I would have done something like that if it was a good one. Like when they did, you know, like when the main gene would host them. Yeah. You know, and it was obviously a pre-tape, but it's supposed to be as they're going to the ring. Yeah. I would much rather that than... I would, too. Um, but this, and we actually, later on, we get to see another kind of interview-type gimmick during a match, and it really sucked later on, um, in a few, uh, later on in, in these uh, other matches. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't really care for it myself. Um, I think it, it takes away from the match. You know, it, it, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm just not a favorite, even if, if it's like, even, you know, better production of it like WF was doing, still I think it takes away from the match. You, know, you, you do your interviews before or after. I, I, I hate them when they do the match, no matter how, actually what company is doing them. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, let's see. Hey, did you notice the, um, actually when they were coming out, their music sounded weird. It's like sped up. Yeah, I, I I more noticed it on Wanted Dead and Alive. Yes, it big like, time. It sound like a woman was singing. It. Yeah, and then and this and then when they did the box interviews, White Boy's voice had no bass in it. Because <laughs> I was like, because I was like, okay, maybe that was just the music was you know messed up. And then when he started, because Gord's voice sounded fine. You know, and then when they popped up that interview little box, it was messed up. The sound was messed up again because White Boy's voice was had no bass in it. All. I was like, oh, so I really wouldn't have. <laughs> so it was just on the, for some reason, the music and the little interviews, but Gordon's mic was fine. So I don't know. They were having technical problems. So I definitely would have exonated the little, uh, uh, Video, the little interview gimmick box things. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That was just weird. Um, during this match, uh, she passes the gimmick uh, to. Um, Dirty White Girl passes the gimmick to Dirty White Boy. He drills. Um, he drills Pritchard with it and he passes it back to the Dirty White Girl. The ref. Goes over to, uh, to check the white boy for the gimmick. Um, so Pritchard's laying down. He gets his, he gets some juice, and uh, then the rest of the match basically just pounds on him, pretty much, don't he? Yeah, and and, and Tom's got uh, a crimson mask of crimson masks. And you know what? This ain't, and this is probably the least of the ones he gets through this whole angle. Because they're one that one of them. I remember, we'll get to it later, but he's just flowing. But yeah, he get he gets it. He gets it every time. He don't. He he ain't a pimple popper. He's I mean, he's definitely not a pimple popper. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he just pounds on him, and um, 
Then Dirty White Girl, she gets some shots in with that cat of nine tails. Have you ever been hit with a cat of nine tails? Have you? No. That's what I'm asking you. <laughs> Actually, yes, I have. Sorry, I have. Ooh, I actually have a picture of it. Okay. It's on my Facebook page. Um, Nasty well, Nikki. Like, that's going to be taken down. What? What is? I don't know. Something about you getting hit with a cat of nine tails. I'm sure that violates some kind of community standards. Like I'm clothed. Well, what's the fun, then? It was a wrestling match. Oh, it won't lame. get taken down because I'm wearing a Mount Juliet shirt, not a Trump shirt, so it, it won't get taken down. <laughs> anyway, yeah, um, it stings. But thing was, oh, they were hitting with the the handle of it when the white boy he would shoot him with, she'd whip him with it, but uh, he was hitting people with the handle. And then, um, but my thing is, it's just leather. It's like a leather handle, um, kind of like a bullwhip handle, kind of. Um, but yeah, she hits, but that thing stings, dude. That joker stings. Um, I can't believe you've ever been hit by, well, well, I'm saying, well, yeah, there's a lot of valets. I guess they don't, nobody's had ever, I don't know. Anyway, I guess that was a 90s thing. 80s and 90s thing for valets have a cat of nine tails, I guess. I don't know. Just overlook me, okay? I'm I'm working on two hours sleep, okay? So, but yeah, um, she gets him with that. But yeah, he ain't got no shirt on, so I know that has to hurt. Yeah, it's oh, it does. Because it's you know that. Um, so it, she hits him with the cut of nine tails. She gra he grabs her. Then uh, white boy cuts him off. Well, we knew that was gonna happen. Um, basically the. Uh, he just keeps beating on him. And here's my thing about this. Uh, this really is whole feud. If you want, if you're looking for, uh, like our last one, we saw a lot of technical wrestling last week. This These matches, you're not going to get no technical wrestling in it. No, not at all. No, they just beat eight on each other. They were just brawling. Uh so he just beating on Pritchard, just beating on him. And this is what I like, you know, um, let's say, you know, don't die, you know, you know, hope spots. But mostly, you know what his hope spots were in this, I noticed, was him kicking out. Because he looked like he was dead to the world. White boy would cover him, he'd kick out. And then like about three times, white boy started getting, you know, he was getting frustrated. Because, I mean, you know, here's Pritchard, you look, he's, he's selling like he's dead. He's bleeding, he's bleeding all over the place. He's in here with gimmicks, everything, and he can't beat him. He keeps kicking out. And the people, and I think that's, I think that's good, because, like I said, they're still building him as, as a baby face. And they're getting that sympathy of, man, Pritchard really, this kid's got it, you know? That's the way I'm thinking they're looking at it is, you know, He's beating the stew. He's in with gimmicks, everything. He, you know, he ain't doing nothing, but he's kicking out. You know, he's got that heart. He can't. You know, he's not giving up. So I think that that was good. That you know they're they're trying to uh, build him up like he's you know he's not giving up. You know, 
So I, I thought I noticed that when I was watching it that he really, you know, he didn't get a lot, and you know, but it was him selling, getting the sympathy, you know, to get him over because he'd been a heel for so long. Yeah. And then and you know he just kept he would kick out. Why boy would hit him? He'd kick out. He's sitting there bleeding. He'd get it back on him. Boom, boom. Go to cover him. Kick out. And you know, white boy's starting to get frustrated. Um, now, now, I think that's the people start getting to seeing that, and they're starting to get behind him in the match because it's like you know, he should be done. Um, let's see. Then they actually he gets to start getting a little comeback. Um, There were more uh, bumps. Uh, let's see. They do a double down off a tackle. Uh, white girl passes a gimmick to their white boy, but the camera misses it. Did you see that? They no, the camera missed it. Huh? But no, I didn't see the camera. <laughs> I mean, did you see that? The <laughs> I mean, did you see that the camera missed him? Passing the gimmick, you know? No, I, I did notice that because uh, I, I got really confused of why Tom reacted how he did. I know. I had to rewind it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, what did he just hit him with? Because he's been hitting and kicking him. And I was like, hold on. Something had to happen. And I rewind. I said, oh, she passed the gimmick to him. <laughs> I was like, where'd it go, camera? <laughs> yeah. So I was in, uh, yeah, I was like, it's like, are they not smarting the camera person up at the control booth? Because they had tons of cameras. Um, I don't know. But they missed it somehow, um, passing the gimmick. Um, so all of a sudden, here comes, here comes a bullet. He comes out. He gets on White Boy. White Boy drops the gimmick. Bullet picks it up. Uh, does he hit him, or, or does he go to hit him and, and but White Boy powders? I can't remember if he actually... And goes to hit him and White Boy powders. Okay. So he powers it. Then out comes Mike Golden, which was part of the uh, the trio of uh, Boyd. Uh, uh, gosh, I can't talk. I'm so tired. Uh, and she's uh, Boyd Pritchard and Anthony. I mean, ah, oof. got Mike Golden, Jonathan Boyd, Tom Pritchard were there. That trio of the Wild Bunch. So he comes out. He's a third member of that. So he comes out, jumps the bullet. Bullet hits a weird-looking neck breaker on him. Did you see that? Yeah, they like dropped him on his own face. It was weird, wasn't it? I was like, I watched it, rewind it, watched it again, and watched it again. I was like three times. I was like, that just looked really weird. It's like he, I don't know how he, I don't know how he did, but it just was weird. Uh, he hits a neck breaker on Golden. Then here comes Jonathan Boyd. He gets on the bullet. Pritchard gets back up. He gets on board. Then White Boy gets back. <laughs> so it's just, it's just back. Everybody comes. It's just big one big melee. Uh, then they take over on Pritchard. Then uh, White Boy is on bullet. Uh, it's just crazy. Dirty White Girl comes in. She hits the bullet with a cat of nine tails. Um. He basically, as soon as she hits him, he gives a shot. The white boy, he grabs the girl. Bullet grabs, uh, no, he grabs the cat of nine tails from the girl. Um, hits the dirty white boy with it. Uh, then he powders. 
then bullet hits Jonathan Boyd, then he powders, and the bay faces are left standing. So we're getting this. So I don't know if at this time I'm thinking I'm thinking Pritchard's went over into the full with the dirty white boy, and I guess Boyd has probably went full over uh Boyd's went full over into the program with uh the bullet now. But they're still all intertwined. So I'm thinking they probably had a lot of matches on house shows and stuff, tags and stuff. Because they're start they're involving Boyd and the Bullet in this a lot now, you know? Yeah. So I'm thinking that this match was uh, in November of eighty seven. I didn't get I couldn't find an actual date, but um I didn't know it was in November. So then uh after that we go to another T V match. It's uh Tom Pritchard against the Black Assassin. I timelined it. I fast forwarded this match through this because it and just got the end of it, the main part of it. Uh, excuse me. Uh, the Black Assassin was Bill Tab. You ever heard of him? No. Come on, man. You know Bill Tab? I have no idea who that is. Okay. He worked. Uh, did you have the Bill Tad poster next to your Jeff Jarrett poster? He didn't have a poster, but he had a good 8x10, you know. <laughs> now, Bill Tad did a lot of, uh, if you go back and watch a lot of uh, NWA Saturday um, from the 80s, you'll see a big big black guy with basically Road Warrior gimmick without the paint. That's Bill Tad. And then if you watched the same time period, Continental, you'd see Bill Tab with the Road Warrior boots and leggings, but with Road Warrior paint. <laughs> And so finally, he just he he became the Black Assassin, and actually he went down to actually before that he left and went to Florida, and was the black he they put a hood on him and he was the Black Assassin, and then when he came back he took the hood off and was um just he wasn't Bill Tab no more he was the Black Assassin, but he was like the Black Road Warrior but a job guy. So that should have been his name, huh? That should have been his name. What's that? The Black Road Warrior, but a job guy. It's a long name, but I think it's good. <laughs> long name, but it's catchy, huh? <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, he was all over TV in the mid to late 80s. And like I said, <laughs> especially on TBS, yeah, like I said, he wore the boots, Road Warrior boots, Road Warrior leggings, but no paint. But when he did Jobs in Continental, he was still doing jobs and had the paint <laughs> It's built out. It's crazy. But yeah, he's on. You can find a lot of stuff out there. Huh? Bless him for getting some payoffs. Do what? I said, bless him for getting some payoffs. He wasn't too Uh, bad. He was great. I know one thing he can't take. What's that? His own buff through the middle. (laughs) Yeah, that was. Start this big fiery comeback (laughs) and give them a big shot. And he's supposed to just take a big, like, stumble and tumble through the middle. And he just gets all caught up. <laughs> I noticed it because I, I was like, I was watching, I was like, I think he's supposed to go out of the ring and that Prince Kudler starts kicking him. <laughs> get out of the ring. <laughs> yeah. That's like being blown up beyond belief. Yeah, I think he was too. But it was just, but he's not, I mean, for a job guy, he wasn't bad. I think if he probably actually worked and got, you know, worked, if he was like in a territory working every night, he probably would have got better. Cause he wasn't bad for a job guy, but yeah, that 
Yeah, him and going through the ropes, they just didn't... <laughs> it didn't work out too good, did it? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, and then, hey, let's, let's keep the pattern alive. Jumping <laughs> Boy comes out and jumps Dr. Tom. <laughs> yeah, that... It, I think if we... was, uh, it, It's kind of like, oh, this again... I think but if we actually was watching the TV and saw it every week and saw the the interviews and promos, and I think it had been better. You know what I'm saying? But, but Tom couldn't beat the Black Assassin first? That was yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, that... Let that, him beat the job guy. Yeah, that, that was kind of... Didn't make sense, did it? No, like, let, let him beat the job guy and then beat him up. If yeah. you're going to. I want... <laughs> yeah, that, um... That really don't, yeah. Especially if you're trying to push this baby face because he's a smaller guy. And, that, and like I said, you know, Bill Tab always always got a little something in his job matches on Continental. And so, it, yeah, he, they, they, then, yeah, he should have beat him. I, I'll say one thing I, I do like about these beatdowns after. They're never just a beatdown. Right? So, a boy beats him down. And then all of a sudden, and cuts his hair, which fires Tom up, and then Tom's beating up everybody. Yeah. Because anybody comes near him until he shoves down the dirty white girl. Yeah, and at the, and during this whole time, dirty white boy's doing uh, at the com at, on the stage doing commentary with Gordon, and you can hear him. He goes. He says something about that's my main squeeze or something like that. Take and he and he leaves the desk to run down there. But you can hear him up there. He I think he said that's what he said. I think that's what he said. He's like that's my main squeeze or something like that. When he, I when mean, he, he only says it every five minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> but he bumps her, and here he comes. Here he's he's mad. But yeah, it, I said yeah, it's good. I know. I think it'd been. It would be better if we, could, you know, see the whole everything together. Because doing it like this, you kind of like, yeah, you know, because there's always afterbirth and everything. You know. I just want to see a small package. <laughs> uh, hey, we did get a panel kind of roll at the beginning. We did. <laughs> um. Yeah, so yeah, he he had turned a white boy. He goes ballistic. He runs down there. Uh, he hits the ring. Him and Boyd beat on Richard, and uh, they hold him while a dirty white girl cuts his hair. Well, she's supposed to. She looks confused at what she's doing. You know, here's the thing. She is really, really green at this time. Um. She hadn't been coming out with him that long, from what I can remember. Because uh, I know in 87, I was watching, uh, last year I watched, started watching, I watched a lot of 88 Continental, then I and went over to 87. And when he come in, in 87, uh, she wasn't with him. So, I don't know how long, but she can tell she's really, really green. Because uh, sometimes she's just standing out there, she looks lost. Sometimes she reminds me of Bambi. The hair, maybe? No, I mean, just her total lost, just 
own planet. Oh, phew. well, Bambi got. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Well, you gotta think they're both greener grass, so yeah, they they yeah, really. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like toward the end of this, Dirty White Girl does great. Oh yeah, yeah, well, definitely. Like right here, she looks like he's two weeks out of the strip club and still not sure what she's doing. <laughs> I can see, yeah, because there were some times where Bambi was the hunter was giving her the Iggy, and she was like looking at him like, huh? <laughs> you know, I remember some of those. Uh, shows that she was just yeah so they're both yeah she is really green her and Bambi were yeah basically probably about the same yeah yeah she she um this ain't one of her better moments of this single uh, the bull hits the ring he bumps third white boy bumps Boyd and they powder um Bayface left standing strong again um that's what the Third, second time we've seen the Bay Faces uh, after all this ended out jumping back and jumping and but their Bay Faces are standing strong at the end. Um, even though Pritchard got his hair cut. Alright, so then we go to the... He got a little hair cut off. Well, Boyd cut, cut more of it off than anything. He got yeah. He got a big chunk, but Pritchard's hair was so thick on top. Well, Mystic couldn't understand I had to work scissors, so. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think she got scared? Maybe they said just cut a little bit off and she was kind of, she thinks she might have got scared and, and was afraid she'd cut too much, maybe? or Knowing Dr. Tom, the the, the bit I know of, he was probably sitting there going, you better not cut too much. <laughs> better not, I'll kill you, you better not cut too much. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that, yeah, Boyd cut more <laughs> than, than she did, definitely. So, um, so we'll get to another match. Uh, this is actually for the Alabama title. It's uh, Tom Pritchard, the champion. He's right, boy. Um, uh, at this time, Tom Pritchard had won the belt back. He had beat um, Jonathan Boyd for the belt. Uh, Pritchard had lost the title uh, to the Moondog, who, which in turn lost it to Ranger Ross, who had it, I think, for a day. <laughs> then he lost it to Boyd, and then um, Boyd lost it back to um, Pritchard. So I'm thinking of it, like I say, and I think this time they were doing a lot of uh, maybe tags and and switching in and out, you know, um, on house shows and, and, and like I said, and maybe TV and stuff. We didn't get the whole interviews and all that stuff. Of they're switching these four guys, you know, into singles and then the tags with you know Pritchard and Bullet and White Boy and Boyd. That's what I'm, I'm assuming uh, is what was going on at this time. He had, he got the belt back. Um, so this, let's see, which one? I'm trying to think. Of, I didn't have the. I didn't have the date. I just got it's in. It's a January '88 when this matches. I, I don't have a date for it. Um, man, Pritchard, uh, he gets on whiteboard since he comes with the ropes. So they, this is a hot. It starts out hot. Um, so I'm sure there was more buildup we've missed in between. Uh, that's why I said I wish we'd had this whole thing to actually watch. 
you know, so he was hot coming in. He gets on Dirty White Boy. Um, then this is what really sucked. This has started out hot. He's got he's he's got he's on the White Boy. Gives him a he takes another one of the big backdrops. He's just beating on White Boy, and they cut to a, a put a graphic and it covers the whole screen. Of the dirty white boys height and weight in hometown. Oh yeah, they go away from the action. Yeah, and it's hot because I'm saying it's it's a big hot start. And I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, that's even worse uh, than that. Again, that would be something they could do on entrances. It's just like this is worse than the little box gimmick. Because I mean, it, it. I mean, it's hot. It's a hot. I mean, he's he's got the white boy rocking, and it's like. Oh, what the crap they just do, you know? <laughs> I was like, oh. So whoever, it's got, it's, I'm thinking, who is in charge? Because you would not do this on this, you know, coming in hot like that. You would not take away from the action. You might do it when, you know, a rest hold or something, if you're going to do it. Not when they're, he's hot bumping that heel, you know? Huh. I was like, well, you know, Memphis had a lot of bad stuff. But I think every promotion has a little, little bad stuff here and there, you know. Yeah, and at least this isn't bad booking stuff. <laughs> but I was like, I can see this being done on Memphis in '87. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so like, they, they, they take the ground home to go back to match. Um, dirty white girl, girl, dirty white girl draws the ref. And it's, uh, he hits uh, Pritchard with the cat of nine tails and starts some heat. He beats on him. He gets juice again. <laughs> and I don't know if you've noticed, this is the second time he's gotten juice. Both times he's wearing his turquoise trunks. I wonder if those, those are the old juicing trunks. Might be. Yeah, but they are, hey, they might be. You know, he's like, I'm not wearing white, but I'll uh, I'll do some turquoise. That'll show up good on that. Yeah, it might be. Hmm. Was he wearing? Um, was he still one the nylon, or he had, or he had been such a spandex by then? Those turquoise are too shiny to be nylon. Okay, I was just wondering. Oh, uh, because nylon's holding them blades really good. The blades don't move around on nylon ones, you know. So that's why I was wondering. Maybe that's why he was wearing them. You know, you ain't gonna worry about your blade falling out, or you know, or cutting the nylon. He's ain't gonna cut that nylon. It cuts the spandex. Your blade will cut your spandex when you're putting it back in if you don't watch out. Um, so that's why I was wondering. You know, because you said it was his ones he's always wearing. He's wearing them. You know, both times he's got color. So I was like, maybe he's wearing some old nylon, yo. So his blade won't. We have to worry about your blade. Um, but yeah, he he's just bleeding, man. He like I said, when he bleeds, he bleeds. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's see. So he's he's got he's got his juice flowing. Um, he poop cans Pritchard out of the ring. Um, let's see. Uh, he beats on him. Uh, he grabs the cat of nine tails again. 
Um, ref cuts him off, cuts the very white boy off. Uh, very white boy bumps the ref. He hit, toss him or just like bill him? He, he billed him. So this ref, uh, we get more ref bumps as this, as this progresses. Yeah. This ref is a bumping machine. He took <laughs> an excellent bill bump and he takes like snapback bumps and I'm thinking this dude's like in training. Yeah, I thought they were trained or he trained to wrestle and they've, He's, you know, skinny, and they said, we'll just, you know, use him as a ref instead. But, yeah, he's been taught how to bump, definitely. Oh, yeah, he's getting murdered. Yeah. Yeah, so um, he takes the bump, and the bullet comes out, hits the ring. He bumps their white boy. Then guess what we have? Oh, guess what we have then? <laughs> oh, Jonathan Boyd hits the ring, maybe. <laughs> yeah, lo and behold, what do you know? Here comes Jonathan Boyd. So that's what I'm thinking. There was a lot of of stuff. It would I, I don't think it was just straight white boy Pritchard in this thing. There had a lot of bullet and Boyd mixed in because we've even seen them what three times now. <laughs> so and, that, and, and but it leads to an old Southern classic. The heels are on top of the baby faces, and they just gotta they just gotta shoot them together. Oh yeah, train wreck. Reversal, bam, yep. Yeah, we haven't had one of those, so I mean, you know, it's a little something, something you need to have. <laughs> we hadn't seen one yet, hadn't seen that, that yet. The, the, the bad guys just can't, they just can't resist the urge to shoot the baby faces together corner to corner. That's, you know, it's just like that, you know, like Flair, he, he just can't resist not going to that top rope and getting caught. <laughs> You know, it's just one of those things in wrestling. Had the Hills ever successfully did that move? <laughs> no, I want to make it my mission to never fall for the the dosey do ever again. Because <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen. It. <laughs> that'd be the, that'd be the best. I just never smarten up the the baby face I'm working with. They do the dosey do, and I just clothesline them. <laughs> Like, I've watched wrestling before. I know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> they do the old noggin, point to the noggin. Ah, I know this one. <laughs> and, then, and then the other one drop kicks me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> then take the bump out, but, you know, don't take it like Bill Tab, though. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> um, I don't even know where I was at. Oh, yeah. Slave to the dosy do train wreck, bam. Um, <laughs> okay, so... Baby faces laying heels on the ground. Yep, baby left standing, uh, left standing again. Left, and it, that's all. It, it, it's like they, 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 they get on them. They get on them, but they keep they. Baby faces runs them out every time. So, all right. Well, we look down. Uh, we're at uh, 50, about fifty. Well, past fifty five. It's red. So we're gonna take a little break here, and we'll come right back and. Finish her on out. Hello, wrestling fans. Quick Carissa here. Hey, that's me. Um, if you are looking for some wrestling books, wrestling pictures, wrestling DVDs, there's only one place to go, and that place is crowbarpress.com. I got my book last week, the um, Summergrams Volume Two book. Uh, it's really, really good. Um, I'm I got maybe about five, six more pages. Uh, to look at, then I'm gonna go back through and because most I just it's you know the progress you look at them and then uh, I'm gonna go back 
start back to the front and, and read the actual little stories that are in the programs of the Simograms, but it's really good. Oh man, some of the pictures are just it's it's crazy. Um what Scott um luckily he saved all that stuff. Uh so I really highly um I recommend the uh, if if you're like a big Gillis fan like me, the Slimograms uh, book. Um, I know JP, what, what what book was you uh, looking at this week on there? Oh well, th this week I'm looking at uh, one of the classic arena program books as well, uh, and it's uh, number five, Southeastern Championship Wrestling. Since we're on the Fullers. Um, and this is 1975, and I don't know if this is through 1977 or and 1977. Um, uh, but so the story, story of this book, because obviously Scott didn't take photos in Knoxville. Um, apparently when Dick Steinborn took over the promotion in Knoxville, uh, he would send Scott copies of, you know, the programs and whatnot. And in turn, Scott would send him the slamograms. Yeah. Uh, so what this is, is a collection of not only the programs, um, but there's a ringside report, Southeastern Championship Wrestling and the Ringsider, um, which are the programs that were sold uh, in Southeastern Championship Wrestling territory. So it's got three different, I, I guess that was their, the titles of their publications. I probably, I'm assuming that's what it was. Yeah, I mean... I mean, beautiful, beautiful pictures. Uh, every page is in bright and sharp and clean and presented in a condition that looks better than the originals. You know, Scott takes a lot of time with this, uh, wants it to look as good as it possibly can. You know, we talk about uh, Quentin being a little anal about the quality. Uh, Scott's just as bad, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but uh, just looking at it, there's some collections from the book uh, on the page. And, like, these are beautiful pictures of, you know, you got beautiful, uh, you got see... And, you know, there's pictures of Andre. There's, there's of course, Bullet Bob. Uh, there's some Joe LaDuke. You know, let's see. Just going down through. I don't know who that is, but he looks just like Elvis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, at that time period, Knoxville was, uh, the Fuller Territory was rocking, boy. They had some talent up there. It was, it was rolling around that time period. <laughs> Up there, so hey, like I said, it was rocking, man. <laughs> uh, and no, guys, this really isn't Elvis, but man, this guy, this guy looks like Elvis and Johnny Cash had a baby. Oh, okay. it, it looks like older, grizzled Elvis got a broken nose at some point. <laughs> I'm sure it's some kind of gimmick they did up there with the, with the Elvis impersonator <laughs> or something, probably. There's no tellings, but yeah, it's um. Yeah, Fuller's was rocking back then, so I'm sure that is a really, uh, really cool thing if you're a fan of uh, of the Knoxville territory and the, uh, after Fuller took over. Um, if it's anything like the 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 Graham book that I got, it's definitely worth picking up. Like I said, if you're a, uh, a fan of the Fuller Knoxville area, um, but yeah, just go over to Crowbar Press. Like we tell you, every week, they can find anything you want over there. Just don't you know take our word for it. Go over and look it out, check it out, uh, show Scott some love, and. Um, Pick something up real nice. All right, folks, we're back. Um, let's see here. So we got another match. Um, it's uh, from February of 88. It's Dirty White Boy against Tom Pritchard. Pritchard's the, the uh, Alabama champion. Uh, basically, this match is almost identical. They start off hot again, back and forth. Um, you know, basically same match. 
uh, white boy, uh, uh, you know, he, he hits Pritchard, he, get, he hits him the gimmick, he starts bleeding, and this time yeah, he is... The belt this time. Is that what it was? Yeah, that, that's literally the only difference. They yeah. hit him with the belt yeah, this I time. got it right here. He hits Pritchard with the belt. Um, Pritchard bleeds all the time. He's been bleeding like every match in this in this program, this angle. But boy, he really bled in this one. Yeah. You, there's one shot of him out on the floor, and you look, and it's just dripping and all over the place. It's just everywhere. It's like, gosh. It's like, you know, it's like, boy, I hope uh, when it's time for White Boy to get his... His his juice. I'm hoping he, he needs to hit a gusher because boy, Tom's been bleeding his butt off for for this, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> and you think yeah. about it, this is just TV. You know, all around the loop on the house shows. I'm I doubt the spot shows. Maybe if it's a big house, you know, or or if it's a spot show, they hit maybe once every month or you know every couple. You know, if it's a a regular spot show town, uh, you know he's he's juicing those nights too. Oh, absolutely. So, he's doing it every night, and it's like, oh, my gosh. So, yeah, White Boy better get a bunch for <laughs> for Tom, you know, return the favor, because he's been bleeding his butt off. Um, <clears throat> so, basically, uh, the white girl gets on the apron. Uh, Pritchard grabs her. She jumps down. Uh, he goes after her. White Boy cuts him off. They brawl onto the floor, back in the ring. Um and this is the hottest we've seen Pritchard. Like, this hot comeback, yeah. like, he'll, he'll try to get shut down by the white boy, and then he'll just fire right back up. Yeah, because he's been getting hit, hit. He'd get, in his other ones, he'd fire up a little bit, and he'd get shut back down. In this, you know, because most of his, his his little fire-ups were like a couple couple punches and a kick, and then white boy would cut him off every time. He was up, he was, this is the, because they're going to the, because this is uh, going to a pull apart. So they got, he's got to, you know, he's got to stay strong. Um, white girl jumps jumps in, she hits Pritchard um, with cat of nine tails. He goes after her, and Dirt White Boy hits him from behind. Uh, they go back and forth. Um, white girl throws something at Pritchard, he turns around. Uh, white boy uh, grabs cat nine tails. They start brawling. Mean, it's just back and forth. Uh, they're just they're, the ref. Uh, ref gets bumped. Um, another ref comes out. They're trying to break it up. Job guys come out. They're still. They're getting bumped. They're still trying to pull them apart. Um, and then they finally. Uh, uh, They didn't got. They only did one. The one on the pull part. They only did the one. Uh, well, they pull them apart and they break away. They only showed one of them because they cut the commercial, right? Yeah, yeah. They only did one break away. Yeah, they only did one break because they usually do a few, and they only showed one. They cut the break. Um, so basically, it was a. Um, they did a little different. Usually, it's Boyd and uh, uh, the bullets been involved in all the. The schmaz is at the end. This time it was just it was just them two to the pull apart, which is going to lead into the street fight. Um, so then we go to uh, the street fight of uh, Tom Pritchard against Dirt White Boy. It's 
It was the hell. Match that started this whole thing. What's that? The match that started this whole adventure we're on. Yeah, this is the match that was the main thing of it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this match was held on March twenty eighth, nineteen eighty eight. Um. Pritchard starts out beat. Oh, they come out. There, it's a street fight, and this is old school street fight. It's not like nowadays where street fight is a hardcore match. You know. Um. So they come out in blue jeans, but cowboy boots, shirts. And what did uh? <laughs> I didn't write it down. I should have wrote that. What did uh? White boy shirt say some something Jim. He, he had a tank top on that said Randy's Jim, Alex Texas. Randy's Jim. Yeah, just Randy's Jim. Okay. <laughs> some guy named Randy has a gym in Alex City. <laughs> um. And then, of course, Tom's out in his Wanted Dead or Alive shirt. Oh, well, yeah, because there's no time so much you pay for those back in. And they wouldn't cheat back in your gimmick shirt, you know? <laughs> and then this was a lot, Tom. Yes. Tom, Tom's getting the receipt back. Yeah, he beat and beat on him. Um, I think Tom stole something from you, or I guess with time frame, you stole something from Tom. That, uh, that pair of nucks that he pulls out and starts beating on the white boy with. Looked a lot like a, a buffer, didn't it? Hey, I didn't, I didn't steal that. I, that buffer, that come from Insane Shane. So he must have seen some old Continental got the buffer. <laughs> uh, and Dirty so, and White Boy does try to return the favor. He does try to, he does get some color for Tom. Eh. He, he got, it was okay, but he didn't cut his head off. <laughs> yeah. I think he's like, okay, we got to probably take this around the loop the rest of this week. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to save a little bit or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and we just get a lot of that until Dirty White Boy, it's like a desperation inverted atomic drop. Yeah. They cut the momentum. Um, but they sell it like a nut shot, which is fine, especially with the inverted. Yeah. Um, but like they sell it realistically, you know what I mean? They don't Rick Root it. You know how Rick Root would take an atomic drop and he'd sell it all crazy. Yeah. Uh, no, it looks like he just rammed his knee into Tom's nuts. Yeah, his nuts. Yeah. And he just goes down. Yeah, he um. Yeah, so he gets back on. Yeah, because he's been all preacher this whole time. It's it's been just a he just. He just beat White Boy down. And, um, so yeah, it's usually been, like I said, it, he's, he, he's, he's got some color, but, you know, it's not like what Pritchard began, but yeah, he, he's been selling for him. Um, Dirty White Boy hits, um, I don't know, let me turn my page. Oops. All right, there it goes. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> the uh, they're back in the ring at this point, and uh, <laughs> man, White Boy murders Pritchard with a clothesline. Did you see? Oh God! Yeah, in the face. <laughs> he just killed him. Like he, I mean, I was like, they, I think it was right. They they were out on the floor. They go back in, and then man, he he goes back and rolls him back in, and just just blast. <laughs> 
came blasting with this clothesline. I was like, oh, man. I was like, that looked bad. <laughs> then he beats on him. Um, and then the ref takes a bump. Imagine that. Um, by this time, uh, Pritchard's get he's starting to get back, get up. He gets a, um, he has a, pulls out a gimmick and puts the gimmick on his boot. Have you ever seen this? Uh, I, I, I have actually. He, uh, he pulled it out a time or two and, uh, and Smokey. Okay. I've heard about him doing it, but I've never actually seen it on tape. Yeah. But, now the one he pulled out in Smokey looked like a trace knee pad. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know what, the, what this thing was, but it looked like he slipped the knee pad. Well, this one wasn't like a, it was, it maybe looked like a cut up knee pad because it wasn't as big as a trace. Basically, yeah. it just covered the, the tip of his boot. Uh, but you could see it though. It was big enough to see it. And um, so he comes over and hits the white boy with the insiguri. He covers him, but there's no ref. Uh, white girl up on the apron. Uh, she pulls out a rag and a can of ether and starts spraying it on the rag. She goes, the ref's down. The ref starts to get up when she gets in the ring. You see him moving. Did you see that? Yeah, oh, he uh, he, he jumped his cue a little bit. Yeah, because she just now got in the ring, and he's getting I'm like, oh, crap. Um, so she jumps on, on um, Pritchard, starts rubbing the uh, rag in his face. He's fighting it and fighting it. Finally, he he's out, and she slides out, and the ref's already over there. But, you know, it's like, oh, he had to see that. With the camera angle, you couldn't see him, but... He got, he was up he was up already over there by when she slid out he was already up you could see him going over there I was like he had to see that <laughs> um so that camera shows her slide out the camera goes back white boys on top of uh Pritchard uh for the one two three uh so white boy goes over he's the new champ um he's still selling white girl grabs the belt she's jumping up and down. Uh, going crazy. Um, so they slide out and they go over, up to um, Gordon to talk while Pritchard's still in the ring. Well, they cut the commercial and they come back. Um, white boy and white girl's up there. White girl talk. This is the first time we've seen her talk, ain't it? Yeah. Okay. And uh, wasn't good. I didn't hear someone said something about we told you Pritchard or something like that. or something. That's what I got from it. Um, that's all I got from she was she was like screaming yelling that, yeah so she's really green at this time so uh, then uh, did white boy say anything I don't think he he was going to say something and then uh, Gordon said well let's, let's see if uh, Tom is actually able to say anything so they cut the ring and Charlie like, was it Platt down there or was it the other the ring announcer maybe the ring announcer guy he gives the mic to um to Pritchard, and he says, um, he says, I, he says something like, he don't know what happened, but that smell smells familiar, or something like that. He tells you, y'all stay right there, because I'm coming to get my belt. So he powders out, goes up to the, come up to the, to the stage, white boy gets on the mic, he's saying some stuff, something about, this is how a true champion does, or something like that, wasn't it? Something to that effect. Yeah, something, yeah, to that effect. And, Pritchard gets comes up there. He has a chair. Um, they get jump up. They get on the stage. The ref gets in between Pritchard and White Boy and White Girl. They go to the back. 
And um, so basically, they they powder to the back while he's got the chair. Um, so then we go to another match. Um, it's joint in progress. It's a dirty white boy defending his belt against Ryan Wagner. It's joint in progress. Uh, white boy is just toying with uh, Ryan Wagner, and I think he's even calling it son to come on, uh, Pritchard, get up. He's calling him Pritchard and um, smacking him around. Wagner, for some reason, is wearing a green tank top. Because he jumped him. Uh, okay. Yeah, he jumped him from the beginning and was just beating on him. Because I actually saw the whole match. Um, yeah, he jumps Wagner from the beginning, just beats him on, beats him up. And just then start smacking him around and calling him, uh, telling him to get up, get up, Pritchard, come on, Pritchard, get up, just toying with him and everything. And then all of a sudden, you see on the side of the ring, somebody gets up on the apron, he's got a uh, ball cap on, glasses, a uh, black jacket, and they're carrying a big old two by four. It's called Jim Duggan. So he gets in the ring. The ref gets up. And goes to the guy, this this person jumping in the ring. White boy gets up, and all of a sudden, whammo! He gets takes a shot to the back, and then takes a shot to the back of the head. He goes down. The guy takes off the hat, glasses. Lo and behold, it's Tom Pritchard. Can you believe that? I, I can't. I, I was. I you know I did too when I saw that two by four. I was like, man, he done. Let's see what time period he left Vince to go to Continental. <laughs> This when he got caught in the car with Iron Sheik. That's like what I was fixing to say. I said, well, this the two weeks he was off TV when they got caught smoke, going on the road smoking pot <laughs> and snorting coke and everything else. <laughs> right in the middle of their big angle. <laughs> but, yeah, so he takes off and, uh, yeah, he, uh, <laughs> that shot to the back of the head. Hold on, I'm coughing. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Hold on. I got to get some drink. That two bo- two bo- two by four shot to the back of the head. I'll say how it couldn't have been snug. Man, that looked good. Yeah, no, he it looked like he murdered him. It did. I'm sure it, had, it was probably a little snug. I mean, you know, I'm sure he worked basically good, but it looked like he killed. I was like, man, and white boy just bam, he sold it like he was dead. You know, you get hit in the back of the head two by four. You need to be, and he did. He just he just splatted down, face down. And all of a sudden, he reaches down, uh, Pritchard's down in his boots. What comes out? Big old pair of scissors. <coughs> so he goes to start cutting White Boy's hair. And I was thinking, oh, he's going to trim a little bit. He cut the stew out of his hair, man. <laughs> he cut a lot more of his hair off than what he got his cut off, you know? Oh, in fairness, Tom's got a lot more hair to cut off. And it looked a lot better. Wild Boy needed a haircut because that, that kinky Jew perm fro he had going on was... <laughs> it was getting out of hand, you know? It, it, it's like a curly yet fluffy skullet. Yeah. <laughs> and it was getting... It was getting real out of... It was getting crazy looking. So he used to do a haircut. So he, he, he saved him 10 bucks, you know? <laughs> uh, white girl tried like she's going to come in a couple times. Pritchard... Looked at her with the scissors, backed her off. Um, I think she should have did it more than once. Yeah. He did that one time, and then she, she should have did it at least one more time. At least try to 
you know, but she didn't. Um, so I, I don't. I don't think she should have. And the reason think, is because I, I know what's next. Okay, so you think one time was good enough then? Well, because I know what's coming up next. Yeah, but my thing. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, makes sense, don't it? Yep. At the time, no. But when you watch what comes next, it does make sense. At the time, I had the same thought you did. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, your man's in there getting his hair cut. <laughs> but she's like, hey, take a little bit more off of the kiss. <laughs> you know that hair is horrible looking. But yeah, that was good, man. People were eating it up, too. They were eating it up. Oh, yeah, going crazy. Yeah, because he finally, he's getting his, you know, he's getting his commencements or however you say that word. That, Comeuppance. Come, hey, that, that word that... Um, Oh, uh, Cornette always talks about. <laughs> the one he always uses. Uh, so, yeah, that it was good stuff, man. Yeah, he, um, he cut the dog crap out of that hair. Um, all right, let me turn my page. And then we get the traditional heel just got his hair cut interview. So, Gordon, uh, hold on, what the crap? Hold on. What the hell did I just do? Son of a fuck. Grab the wrong page. Hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, Quentin just got a brand new laptop. He could take these notes on a computer like a man of 2021. I just but can't do it, man. He inscribes them on hieroglyphics. I just can't. I, I just. I can't. I gotta write it. I, I don't know. I'm just old. I'm an old person, dude. I'm an old dude, you know? I'm old. Well, hey man, you do you. You keep dipping your uh, your quill in ink and <laughs> keep writing. <laughs> My quill in ink. <laughs> My big feather pen. <laughs> I just, I, yeah, I just got a new laptop. My old laptop, the keys on it were sticking their thing, so I couldn't do it on it if I wanted I, I to. I saw have a brand new laptop. I saw the box today. Yeah, so I bought me a new one. I just can't. It, it, it's not, I can't do it. It'd probably be easier for me, and everything would probably be spelt right, but <laughs> I can tell you, man, if somebody ever saw these notes, they would, they wouldn't, they would look at it and say, okay, this is not what he was saying on the, on the, on the thing, because none of these words are what he was saying. It, it would look like the notebook of a serial killer. <laughs> That bad. <laughs> uh, th that's a picture of Satan. No, that's just how he does the letter B. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where were we at? <laughs> uh, we're, we're doing the, the the traditional heel wrestler cutting a promo with a towel over his head after getting his hair cut. Uh, yeah, so yeah, he um. Like we weren't seeing most of Dirty White Boy's skull anyway. We weren't seeing that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, we weren't seeing the sides and back, but we were seeing the top. Buddy. Yeah, it's true. He take a bump. He take a back bump. You'd see it. Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that interview boy he come out, but he did come out fired up, and basically told him he was going to pay, and all. I mean, he come out. You know, in my opinion, with them being right there. I think he and they they got to go past the thing to to, for, to do the interview. I think they should have had it had it where he went straight to the desk without the towel. 
Uh, I think that would have been better. What do you think? Yeah, it's 6-1 half a dozen. You go back and grab a tag, you know. It's always been a funny thing to me in wrestling with the the pride and hair. Yeah, because that's one of your, it's, because you, it's, it's the ultimate gimmick match at one time, you know. Maybe it's being a bald guy that I don't care. But, like, I'm like, all right, you're getting a haircut. It sucks. It grows back. It happens. You know, it, it's like the other guy's just so fired up. It's like, oh, man, now it's going to go through that awkward stage before it gets long again. But, you know, if you, th- you say that and you think about it, he probably had the worst hair on TV at the time. So he really shouldn't be mad. <laughs> if you look at it realistically, brother should be happy, you know? <laughs> It's just that's the whole thing with wrestling, you know. It just it's it's a uh, it's humiliation. More yeah, is, I, I get it, but like I, I don't know. It's always been now, like when when Dundee's wife had the ear head shape. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> that's that's going above and beyond, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, and that payoff there been good, but uh, you know, from what I heard, it was good because they put a uh, a down payment on a house. You know what I was thinking? That whole angle with them both doing their hair, they should have got paid off enough to buy a house. You would think, especially Dundee probably sold his hair more than he did his wife's. But you think about the the money they drew. Oh, no, that, I agree. That whole program there. That, you know. It, 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 yeah, you know what it was? <laughs> it put a down payment on Dundee's house. It bought Jerry Jarrett the mansion on the lake house. <laughs> right. That's what. That's what. That's what happened. Really. Think. Think about it. But yeah. So he comes out there with the towel. Fire. I mean, he cuts a good fiery, fiery promo. He's mad, and you know, basically, yeah, but he really doesn't say anything. He mostly just rant. But he tells him at the end he's gonna pay. You know. He's gonna pay that he ever did. There's something like he, there was a little line there at the end that something about the payback is you know of it. I, could, I should have wrote it down, but I, of course I didn't. But there was a little thing at the air at the end on the when he told me he's gonna pay, you know the payback about uh, was gonna be you know that was the catch of it. That's the only part it was was you really you need to take from it that something bad was gonna happen. Then more than just the old, I'm going to kill you. You know, there's a little, I can't remember what it was. There's something he said right at the end of that. It was really the whole meaning of that whole rant. Um, but, of course, my dumb butt didn't write it down. Um, so, here's where we go to the thing that it, it actually, uh, this whole angle, this is this thing that's fixing to happen is known, is which is known, is made them, ugh. help me out here, I'm stumbling. Uh, this angle, or this portion of the angle, this segment, uh, it, it's infamous. It's, you know, people who know nothing else about this angle have never seen another match from this angle. They know this segment. It, it commonly referred to as the I'd like to talk to Tom segment. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's very well done. Um, and it, and this angle has been done several times through the years. Um, and actually, I want to say in 90, 
think it was 90. Uh, they actually did the ang this angle in Memphis with uh, Dirty White Boy and Chris Champion. Um, it didn't get over like this. Um, but I don't know if it was, like I said, I don't know if it was Chris's fault. White Boy, who, it just didn't get over like this. I guess because Memphis has seen people hung before, I guess. That's, I think that's why it did, you know, seen craziness. But yeah, this was really good. Um, I'll let you I'll let you take this one because um, like yo, I'll I'll stumble it up. <laughs> so we we get Mystic coming out to the desk um, as uh, Gordon Soli's trying to you know do, do what Gordon Soli does. Um, she's got a giant pair of sunglasses on, and under her left eye, what appears to be a giant bruise. Um, Gordon Soli does a great job of. Uh, being concerned for her. Now, he's not as much as Lance Russell, but because Lance is so already your grandfather, mm -hmm. um, but Gordon going out of professional broadcaster mode at all immediately brings some seriousness to this angle. Uh, so he starts asking her questions, and she doesn't say much besides wanting to talk to Tom, but she does say that Dirty White Boy did it to her for not helping him when Tom was cutting his hair. Yeah. So... With her just trying once, that's where that plays in, I think. Yeah, it does now, yeah. yeah. He's like, you didn't do enough, bam. Yeah. Um, so they send uh, old Charlie Platt back to get Tom the first time, and Tom says no. Which uh, I think is good. Yeah, oh, I, I think it's really. I think how this is done is why it stands out against so many other similar angles. Because you know, in Memphis, they sent the baby face out straight out there. Yeah, oh, and, 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 and you know, they they would have cheered if Tom would have came out, and be like, "Oh my God, I can't believe this happened!" But no, Tom says no. Yeah, it made it better. And, made yeah, it better. and then, then Gordon runs her off. We come back. She interrupts another promo. Um. And, you know, Gordon even, like, laughs at her a little bit and tells her, he's like, honey, I understand, I feel terrible for you, but we're trying to film TV. Here. Yeah, so we're trying to do a TV show here. I was like, dang, is he turning to heel? <laughs> uh, but she's, you know, she's real adamant, and Gordon feels bad about it. So Gordon hands uh, Charlie Platt the microphone. Yeah, he unhooks first. He's all hung. He could get unhooked for a minute there. <laughs> he was like, let me get on. He was sitting there, I was like, I don't think he could get unhooked. <laughs> Uh, and then he leaves the commentary table to go get Tom, which is hilarious. Because Charlie Platt, I don't know if he's literally this awkward or if he's just like, oh, I should play this as awkward because this is an awkward situation. Yeah, um, I, so I don't know what, if he was working it or if he was actually because it it looked good. Yeah, it's like, what do you? Yeah, what do you say? The girl walks up and she's been beat up. And you're kind of like, well, and, and he gives like an awkward stare at the camera right at the very beginning. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, hey, tell me what happened. You know, like, he's not sure of anything. Um, and, of course, like, you know, you can blow off Charlie Platt, but you can't blow off freaking Gordon Soley, right? Yeah. So Tom Pritchard comes out, uh, and, you know, she explains what happened. Tom's like, listen, I'm sorry for you, but at the end of the day, it's your fault. Your fault. And did you notice he said, I told you about him a long time ago? Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. And, you know, so basically, he's just like, it, you know, it's your fault. I'm sorry it happened. But it's your fault. Um, he does show remorse for her. Yeah. She's, she's begging forgiveness. And as she's begging, she's doing this really awkward walk around Tom. Yeah, she's and, deemed to turn. 
to turn his and, back. And Tom played this well because Tom could have just been like talking to her and smoothly move. But yeah. each time he walked around, she'd touch him and he looked down his arm and looked behind him like, what are you doing? Yeah. This whole thing was, yeah, it was good. She did, yeah, as much as uh, she was lost at times in these other matches, she did her part really good here. Oh, yeah, it was, it was, it was beautifully done. And then uh, on top of the, the blast from Dirty White Boy, then he just tears apart the entire set. Yeah, he's like putting the boots to him. And, and, and then all of a sudden, it's like, and he, he takes the desk and tips that big old desk over. I was like, why did he do that? And then I, I was like, then, but before that, Okay, you know, like I said, we, we said how bad she, you know, parts she did. Um, and then she started, and this was really good. Did you notice, boy, as soon as he got on, her, uh, what boy got on Pritchard, she was, she turned, boy. Yes! I mean, she clicked, she turned. Get him! You know, she was just all. You know. Oh, she was, cheer, she was a cheerleader at that yeah, point. Yeah, boy, it's like a snap of her. She went, you know, it was like she was, I mean, she did that so good. You know, I was like, man, she really, like I said, as much as, she, you know, she was so green and was getting lost in place, it, you know, places, different spots in these other matches, she was dead on in this thing, man. And Dirty White Boy uh, comes prepared and produces some handcuffs. No, well, well, you missed something. Uh, Reason why he turned the desk over. Because I was like, why is he turning that? Because that desk was huge. I said, why did he turn that desk over? And then we know why, because he, he takes Pritchard, runs him into the big back, a big backdrop, oh. and that thing falls over, and I thought he was gonna fall off the stage because <laughs> that stage yeah. drops off right back there. I was like, "Oh crap, is he gonna go off the stage." I was like, "Is he gonna fall off the stage?" But he didn't. But yeah, that big old thing—he knocked him, and then he grabs the handcuffs. Yeah, and then he locks Pritchard's hands behind his back, um, and a noose appears and makes its way around Tom's neck. And okay, I got a question. Yeah. I know you've seen the thing where they talk about this later on. I haven't seen all of it. Was he supposed to handcuff him in behind or in front? Uh, I don't remember a part of that where um, where they, they spoke about whether it's supposed to be behind or in front. I think it was supposed to be behind. Okay, because um, my thing is, you know, the, the hang, the hang, anytime you hang somebody with it, you always, their hands are always free to work the gimmick, you know? So it's been a while since I've, I've seen the interview with, with Tom about this, but uh, if I remember right, he said that that was his idea, and then he found out why it was a bad idea. <laughs> he didn't think it through. Yeah, because I think I remember seeing, like I've seen a little bit of, of them talking about it, or he says that... Um, he said, it ain't like today where they rehearse stuff all the time. We just, we just, we had the idea and we, and the, there's the idea. Okay, let's do it, you know. Yeah, and, and he drags him to the ring. And oh, like, did you? This whole time he's dragging him. Like, he's working with him, but the whole time he's dragging him, that noose is getting tighter but and tighter. did you notice something before? I mean, I, I mean he, started, he put the noose on and started dragging him to the end of the stage. It's like. I thought he was going to drag him off that stage. Cause that's a drop, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, and he, he took care of, like, dude, what was his best to take care of him? Yeah, though. I thought, I was like, oh, gosh. I was like, I don't think there's any way, I mean, even if they tried to do it, I don't think there was any way he could have, could have took a, to, took a, a safe bump off that. So I think, because I'm wondering if it was, we'll drag you all the way down off the stage. I bet it was that, because, 
Yeah, because he stops and kind of grabs him and, and pulls him off, kind of pulls him down the steps onto the ground, then tries to drag him again. And, and dude, this was another awesome... <laughs> I don't know if you caught it. When he's dragging him through the arena, she's over kicking him. No, I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah, she's kicking Preacher. <laughs> oh, he's, dra he's dragging him down through the arena floor. She's giving the boots to him. I was like... Tell you, dude, she was she did so good in this. So they drag him all the way to the ring, and they hang Tom over the turn uh, over the turnbuckle. Um, Tom is legitimately choking at this point, <laughs> and I make sure to pay attention to his face, and you can kind of tell. Uh, and also, and I know this, I can't remember if it's from the interview or if Tom told me this himself, Tom's got a condom full of his own blood in his mouth. Yeah, I think he's got the blood in the condom. Well, see, that um, well, see, I figured they was going to do the, at first I was like, because they were sitting there and I could see him doing something with his mouth. I was like, oh, he's got, he's got the Alka-Seltzer, you know? And I was like, okay, if he's got Alka-Seltzer, it should be coming out by now. And then... Uh, yeah, later on I heard it. He had, you know, it was the condom, the blood condom, and uh, and then they, and then like you know, you was talking about, you told me that it wouldn't pop because it, it there was no blood coming out. You could see him, you could see his mouth moving, you know, trying, and and at the very end, when the Bayfaces finally got there and made the save, you could see just a little bit of blood on his um, lip. And a little drop on his shirt. And I thought, and I was like, because I was like, you know, I, was, I kept saying, I always want, you know, I thought he was going to do the alcohol system because they, they, did that, they did it all the time on the hangings. Um, but when I saw that blood and there was never no alcohol surgery, and at the end I saw the blood, I was like, I wonder if he actually, you know, maybe bit his lip or something or bit his tongue while he's getting dragged. You know, it was just a hard way, you know, on his mouth. And then when you told me it was actually he had a condom and it wouldn't pop. <laughs> Yeah, now I'm wondering. I'm wondering when the condom was was fed to him. I tried to I tried to see. It was when he. When, I'm sure it was when he went down. I'm sure yeah. he had it in his hand. When she when he came out, I'm sure he had it in his hand. And um, um, I'm sure that's what it was. I, I'm sure he had it in his hand, and when he hit him and he went down, he probably popped it in his mouth. But, and for, for anybody who's listening who is like, oh, blood condom, what the hell? If if you're into wrestling at all and you're into anyone who spits mist, guess what? They put a rubber in their mouth. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever seen an angle, besides the one in Puerto Rico, where somebody spits up blood, they put a blood condom in their mouth. They usually have their own blood drawn, put in the condom, and... Um, except for, again, except for that one in Puerto Rico where that guy drank like vodka and pig's blood or something like yeah. that and vomited it up. Uh, but yeah, then the babyface finally come out and make the save. Uh, and yeah, that's it for, for that, for that segment. And that is the most memorable segment of this entire feud. It's insane. Yeah. My thing is, man, if he could have got that condom busted, that blood, that would have been really good. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it would have set it over the top or it looked too much, though. I it depends don't know. how much he had in it. Right, and that, that's also very true. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it depends like on... If, if a gusher came out of his mouth, he'd be like, oh, God, what? That didn't happen? Yeah, it would have been too much. Yeah, it depends on how much he had. I don't think he had a lot because... Um, 
Because you think about it, if it was a full a condom, if it had a bunch in it, that'd be hard to hold in your mouth. You know? Until the swelling goes down. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I, I, could, I could not do it. Sorry. I know, but you um, think about it, though. I mean, um, so there probably wasn't a lot in it, just enough to, you know, get a good dribble going out of his mouth. Yeah, because you don't want no projectile, you know, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, unless it was like he coughed and something came up, like that would make sense. But yeah. if he was like blood just started oozing out of his mouth, like a horror movie, it, yeah, it'd be like, ah, that seems a little much. Yeah, I think he, I don't think he had a lot in it because, like I said, it'd been hard to to uh, keep in your mouth, especially dragging and selling that whole way. Yeah, it, to be a lot, a big amount, that'd be hard to hold in your mouth. So. I, I bet it wasn't much. It's just enough to get the the point the point across, you know. Yeah. Uh, so we we go from this into an interview with Doctor Tom, obviously later. Yeah. Um, and he's got honest, a different shirt I, on and everything. Yeah. I, I don't have a lot of notes on this just because it was a solid interview. I t I um, think I took one note about it. Um. I'll let you. I'll let you finish what you're gonna say. See if we wrote. Oh, I mean, my, my only thing was like, uh, Tom's a good talker. Um, I I've yet to really get that super money promo. You know what I mean? So he's not like, he's he's not a Jerry Lawler when Lawler's on. No, you know no, no. But, but he's a good talker. Yeah, he's a good talker. But no, right. I mean, when Lawler's on, there ain't many people can touch Lawler when he's on. Yes, but this is a super, you know, it's a super fired up babyface promo. Well, he it's starts really out solid. slow. He does it good. He starts out slow. He builds up where he, he gets himself worked up, you know, because he don't come out there and start yelling. He starts out slow and builds up, which is good. I thought because usually you said that nowadays every every time babyface does an interview, they come out, you know, if they're mad, you know, he started out slow, built himself up. You know, I thought that was good. I didn't mean to cut you off, sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're fine. I mean, that's really all I had. It, it was it was solid, you know, I did, but nothing was so out of the blue. Like, he wasn't doing his Piper thing that he used to do sometimes or anything. It was just like a straight-up wrestling promo. Yeah. Uh, and that leads us to what I honestly think is, like, surprised me the most out of everything we watched. The... The brawl. Okay, hold on one second. Let me tell you, this is what I got from the interview. Uh, like I said he started off, you know, slow, calm, worked his way up, you know, to the end where he, you know, which was good. I like that because, like I said, nowadays they come out just all mad and everything. So it was really good. He built up to it, but the line at the end did not make sense. He says, "He says if you want to beat someone up." Don't do it to a woman. Do it to me, pal. Okay. Yeah, he, he never hit a woman. Huh? He never hit a woman. Yeah, that was all. It was it was a setup. It was makeup and everything. Yeah, I, I, I didn't get that either. That yeah. was a little bit. I think, I think he, because he got fired up and he, I think he kind of lost his train of thought on that at the end. That's the only thing that didn't make sense. But he was fired up and, and then this is what sold it right here. Gordon, Gordon added this right here. This is what sold it for me. Pritchard walks off. Gordon Sully looks at the camera, doesn't say a word. 
He looks at the camera and says, he says, he goes, I wouldn't take a million dollars right now to be the dirty white boy. And they cut it. And he was serious as a heart attack when he, he said that. Because he, he, the camera, because like I said, white, uh, Pritchard walked off. He was sitting there. He not saying no. He wasn't saying a word. Gordon's looking straight at the camera and goes, "I wouldn't take a million dollars right now to be the dirty white boy." And then it cut. And it was, you know, I was saying it was just so straight serious the way he was looking at the camera. In a way, did you notice that? Oh, absolutely. It was like, you know, it, that that was the icing on the cake for it. it that Gordon put his. You always know, talk about. We always talk about how Lance would put his stuff in. And that was Gordon at the end putting the icing on the cake because he was so serious, you know, because he looked right in the camera and that's, you know, those, that little line and, and they, then, then, they, then they cut it. That was perfect. So, okay. Then you said, what, okay, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> you were going into the next part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going, we're going into the brawl. Uh, let's see, we get, there's an interview going on with the Southern Boys of Shane Douglas, and all of a sudden... Did, it's, hold on a second. Did you... <laughs> it goes, Scott Armstrong's like, no, Steve Armstrong goes, it's our good, it's a good friend of the family, it's, uh, Shane Douglas up, up from Pennsylvania. <laughs> I was like, they don't know him from Adam. <laughs> so I don't, you know, everybody, all the Bay faces are friends with everybody, you get thing, you know? <laughs> Boy, yeah, what was Douglas like? Nineteen? He, he looked young. Oh my gosh, he was like nineteen or twenty. Looked like he just started driving. Was this before he? Yeah, it had to be after Watts. Okay, I was like, was this before he went to Watts? So he went to Watts and then went to Con. And okay, I was thinking, yeah. So he had actually been in the business about a little about two years now. So, yeah, Davis ran out there and what he say? There's a rogue on the back when he go help Tom or something like that. Yeah, something to that effect. And then they all take off running. You know what popped me most? The big old uh, clock. The old gimmick clock in the arena. Did you see it? Uh, the big old school clock. It looked like a, I don't know if it was a beer clock or a, like a, a Coca-Cola or a Pepsi clock. But it was a big old huge clock right there at the exit on, on the wall. <laughs> you tell us why I've been there since the 60s. But that's what popped me. That's how I got out of this. It was the big old clock on the wall of the arena. It was, uh, and see, this is when Gilbert had the books. Missy Hyatt was doing the announcing with uh, Gordon. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know if you knew that was Missy or not. Oh, yeah, yeah. That voice, that's distinctive, ain't it? Very much. Very much so. All right, you take you take the rest of it. It ain't much. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so as we get in the back, and uh, they they do a good job of acting confused as they're going to the back, kind of like Lance did on the concession stand brawl. Yeah. Uh, but they go into the locker room with Pritchard and, and Dirty White Boy in a pretty realistic brawl. I mean, you know, with a trained eye, you can tell the. Well, when in the dressing room, they didn't. They didn't. Well, out they, the they, back they, start, they started in the locker room and then went out the door. Like when they, as soon as you come back, they're coming. That's what I'm saying. It stumbles. It goes right into to going out to the out into the back parking lot. I guess you want to call it. Yeah, and uh, like I said, the, the brawl looks extremely realistic. Um, you know, the, the punches are obviously works, but it also looks like you now guys who don't 
throw punches normally. Like if you, if you ever see two guys in a fight, you know, watch any World Star video. Usually those guys don't know how to throw a punt. Um, and these guys are throwing working punches, which look essentially the same. And I mean, they go on the ground, they roll around on the ground. Uh, Pritchard starts choking Dirty White Boy, and Dirty White Boy breaks a bottle over his head. Uh, and Tom just dead cells. Yeah, he's out. And I'm going, only going off the fade in and fade outs from this video, but if those are breaks for a commercial, this is a three segment cell job. Yeah, it, it had to be commercial breaks. I'm thinking. Yeah, so I mean, we get commercial breaks or uh, uh, town in town uh, inserts, inserts for the town, the uh, promos for town and the town promo inserts. Probably what it was. Uh, well, you know, we get an ambulance on the second break, on the third break. You know, not not only is it not you know the 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 sling stretcher that we see in a lot of you know lower level southern wrestling it's they, they like they actually have paramedic staff there and cops who are properly getting ready to load tom uh onto the onto the stretcher and i you know the only thing i could think of is like what an awesome sell job from tom because he does not move until the third segment hey but he just i just thought of when you said that it's a, the, the you know the real the real gimmicks and i was thinking in memphis well, we got to carry him out. Grab a chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grab a chair, or everybody just grab a body part. Yeah, somebody grab a limb. Somebody yeah. grab a limb. <laughs> the guy just took a pile driver. Y'all just pulling him out by his feet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you tell there's a big difference in getting uh, trying to get angles over. You know, they they went all out on this one. Yeah, like the, the cell job in the production. Like, you know, how many free tickets did it take for those paramedics and cops to get in on it? Yeah. But, and it was great. Um, and but, you know, I don't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't say it. I forget. And you think about it. 88. Um, only people doing angles like this uh, with actually showing with medical and all that, you know, legit uh, was, you know, New York and, and, and um, Crockett. You know? There weren't other territories would have paid the money or whatever to, or did that. You know what I'm saying? Like Memphis, you grab a chair and haul them out. Nobody, so they really went up, you know, stepped up to to make get it get it put over. Well, hey, hey, don't don't talk on Memphis. They had jewelers on their TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they 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 brought their jeweler today to the show. <laughs> oh man! All right. Um, did they hold, they show him hauling him off? Actually, the driver, the ammo's pulling off? No, okay. no, no. Well, when, when they cut, they were getting him ready to, to get onto the gurney, and, uh, Danny Davis was kneeling on him. Okay. I couldn't remember. I, I, I watched it, but I only watched it once, and, uh, cause it, like I said, it, basically, besides the sale, and there wasn't a lot to it, but except for the good sale job, and the, and the promotion actually stepping up to, um, you know, to put it over, make it look legit. All right, so that's um, my first week. Um, my one match turned it into a, 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 a whole angle, <laughs> 20 match angle. <laughs> oh, yeah, let me add a little something real fast. Um, right after the uh, street fight um, with. Uh, uh, 
Great White Boy is the champion. Right after that, in April of 88, the the uh, Alabama heavyweight title uh, was retired. So Dirty White Boy was the last Alabama champion with the Continental promotion. Did they go to a, a new championship? Or? I don't think so, because that was the third their third belt. You had the Southeastern, the Continental heavyweight, and the Alabama champion. And when they changed the name from Continental to... Uh, wrestling uh, to Continental Wrestling Federation, um, CWF. Uh, I guess they've I, and, and and Gilbert was Booker, so he might have thought it, three belts was too many for the the three belts. Uh, the junior, well, actually the junior belt. I'm sorry, they had the junior belt too, the junior belt tags. So I guess uh, four singles and a tag was too much, so he dropped the Alabama belt. So that's what I'm thinking. Because that is a lot of belts. Yeah. You know, four singles and a tag, so. Uh, but they Cotton was always known for belts, having a lot of belts, so. They've, even Fuller, when Fuller was running, that was his thing. They always had a lot of belts. But they had a big territory, too, because they had a, uh, uh, you know, they had the Alabama part and the Tennessee part of the Continental, uh, South Asian territory then Continental, so. It's a big territory. But anyway, all right, so that's mine. Mine's done in the books for this week. Um, I'm going to try to do, get a better match where we don't have to have, have a lot of looking here and there and all that. <laughs> so, so so, next week, it's your turn, JP. So what do you got in mind for us next week? Well, before we get to that, I just want to say that anybody watches this match, if you're a wrestling student, uh, everything they do, especially Dr. Tom, uh, you know, everyone called Bret Hart like the best technician. Like everything he does looks flawless. And I would argue that Dr. Tom is that way. Dr. Tom didn't have the stage that Bret Hart had. Yeah. But I, I would argue everything Dr. Tom does is so crisp. It's it's almost insane. It makes me feel like, you know, what they said about Bob Orton Jr. How, you know, hey, you need to mess up some to make it look believable. <laughs> That's what it looks like uh, with Dr. Tom. Yeah. Dirty White Boy, too, to a degree, but Tom. Oh, Dirty White, yeah, yeah. Dirty White Boy, I say he his aggressiveness looks so good. Yeah, and they were both super intense. They both took perfect bumps. Um, this whole feud is punch, kick, brawling, but it's punch, kick, brawling done well. Yeah, neither, yeah. Guy, neither guy did a whole lot, but everything meant a lot. Yeah, it's yeah, and and if they would have tried to go out there and wrestled every night, it would it would it would have flopped. Because Dirty White Boy, you know, it, that's all. You know, Pritchard, if it was if they did angle with somebody else, yeah, they would have wrestled more. But with White Boy, it it had to be just brawling. You know, it had to be. Um, and like I said, you know, there was a lot of stuff mixed in there with with, with Jonathan Boyd and the Bullet. We didn't see. Uh, I'm sure it made it a lot better. You know, add more. I mean, it was great, but it added probably more we didn't get to see. It made it much better. But yeah, the the stuff Pritchard, yeah, his his work is just yeah. He don't get enough credit. Yeah, no, it's, and that's why his trainers are stars probably because like he's so detailed, detail oriented. Yeah, um, but as far as far as next week. Uh, so to, to do an equal amount of watching as you, I'm going to have you watch every G1 Climax match there ever was. 
no, uh, the, the match I have is, is from the Sam Houston Coliseum, January 24th, 1986. Uh, so let's see that this would have been the Paul Bosch territory. Um, it's Dick Murdoch and the Mass Superstar versus Dr. Death, Steve Williams, and Ted DiBiase. Actually, that's Watts. Because Watts was working with, was, uh, he was, uh, Bosch was working with Watts for the Houston shows. Okay. Yeah, it was well, Watts' it's Watts's crew that, it, that did Houston by the, at that time. Well, I, I thought, it, was it just Watts' crew? Because I know Bosch kind of had the pick of whoever he wants. At that time period, in 86, no, nah, it was Watts. Okay. I'm pretty sure, 99% sure it was just Watts. Uh, it was Bosch's town, but uh, it was Watts' uh, guys. Fully yeah, at that time period, I'm I'm nine times sure it was his full was his, and yeah, I'm pretty sure. But uh, as far as the match, like the, this match is awesome, and you see two heels just going out and doing like being the most entertaining heels they can be. be between Dickie Murdoch and Mass Superstar, oh, that's gonna be fantastic. good. Yeah, I can't wait. Well, we got about two minutes. Um, don't mean to cut you off. <laughs> I'm going to cut you off like 27 times. Um, you got about two minutes. Um, so what, anything you want to add to this? No, I am good for this week. Uh, me too. Uh, hopefully everybody's like what we're doing. Uh, I think last week's was a lot better than this week's. That's my fault. I hope to do better in the future. Um, it was more, con- more concise. That's what we'll say. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so uh, this is uh, the second episode of this new format you can stick a fork in her she's done for Jeremiah Plunkett and Quentin Charisma thanks for listening and God bless bye bye everybody